friends, welcome to episode 175 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? You know, I'm not doing too bad. Yeah? I had a strangely productive, busy weekend. Yeah, yeah. My Labor Day consisted of me finishing my digital map project. Yes. Which I will post some stuff for our Patreon members so you guys can see kind of the the math and sit stuff that I went through to uh, get it completed. You should but... submit some pictures of that from many from many of the week. Yeah, I'll definitely do like a a, a conceptual and then a final because I, I think it I, I'm I'm happy with how it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a woodworker. I'm not a woodworker. <laughs> I mean, you are now. Apparently so. Yeah. Apparently so. So uh, yeah. Uh, so it's not bad. I, I will. I'll probably get some criticism. There's definitely some things I would change on it, but. Um, overall that happened. And then Saturday I went to a LARP. Yeah. Yeah. I helped out a friend with a LARP, uh, that was a very, it's, it's his own rule set. It's a five page rule set. Okay. Okay. Uh, originally wanted to do it a one page rule set. And we had kids there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean like six year olds yeah, all the okay. way up to 50 year olds. All right. All and right. it wasn't a lot of people and it was hot as, you know, sweatiness out there. And, uh. But he still ran like a module, and there was stuff that happened, and it went pretty smoothly, honestly. Good. And Good. it was it was interesting to kind of get back into LARP and see where things have evolved, and have conversations with people about where that was at, and and watch a a short term LARP with a res- response at the end, mm-hmm. and just people were very happy. They were they were they were, they had great uh, feedback, mm-hmm. and it's it's an ongoing story. So yeah, it's, cool. it was interesting to to experience. Like if uh, people have interest in it, I can I can definitely direct you a little bit to it. Uh, it's it's a work in progress for this guy. He's done a lot of LARP, um, all kinds of stuff. So a lot of because uh, um, he was out at Shifted Lands for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He did Canar. He's done the SCA, which isn't a LARP, but is a LARP. Let's be honest. Um, you're 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 doing medieval history. Your role, you're playing a role. It's yeah, role yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, but uh, I'll probably get that. They'll probably lose half of our people here. You know, and mm-hmm. in other countries, they'll be like, "SCA is not a LARP." I, I assure you, it is. I assure <laughs> you, it is. I'm not saying that the craftsmen are not amazing and they're not masters in their craft. I think SCA is amazing for some of that stuff, but sure. it's still a LARP. Sure. Um, but it was a it was a busy weekend, like a surprisingly busy labor day weekend like i i didn't think i was going to do as much as i did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i had a pretty relaxing weekend myself good um i think you needed that honestly played some minecraft uh Heck yeah. I, I tried to like i'm i'm like in a massive bit of writer's block right now Uh oh um I, I like i have the exact frame for framework for what i know i want my plot to be mm-hmm. um it's just how do i make it interesting while it's happening is the big is the big thing for me and don't we have an episode on that uh we <laughs> we, we do we okay. do but okay. uh typically part of that process is have good ideas and uh i, I just anytime i I've, I've been trying to come up with ideas it's just been like uh no it's just it's just crappy ideas so all right, well, let me know if you want to kick some stuff around. You um, me. Uh, yeah, I, I do, but I also don't like using you as a resource because you're in my game, so it's, you know... If you're uh, if it means that your game isn't running, then I'm not in your game. No, I just, I just need a little more time. I just need a little more time. Okay. I just need a little more time. What is a little more time? I'll, 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 
born in October. That's fine. Okay. Look, September is crap for scheduling. We already had this discussion. We kind of did. You were like, literally the only the only other weekend that's free for any of us is like the tenth, and I'm like, that's way too soon. So I think you could still do it. Uh, I yeah, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be game. It wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. My last game, your feedback for me was it felt rushed, and I was like, okay. Because I just I it was kind of dealing with the same thing where like I, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like writer's block where I didn't have a lot of stuff like prepared prepared like mm-hmm. I usually do mm-hmm. and I tried to wing it and you you saw it okay. you saw it and you felt it so okay. okay I'm not going to a second game in a row half half cocked okay all right that that that's good that's good that you've set that line for yourself yeah I'm still gonna stay on top of you okay right. so because I fine. care because I care that's fine all right it is the beginning of the month yes it this is. is our 101 series time. Last month, we did Populating the World, where we kind of dipped our toes into what it was like to make something feel real and alive and have events and factions and politics. And now we're saying we're now stepping ourselves into creating investment with your players and characters. And again, we're dipping our toe into this. We're not going to take a huge dive into it because there's a lot, and I mean a lot, that can be said on this topic. Um we did a fair amount of research um, to try and see if we could bring it down to a a level of of simplicity, and I think it's still going to feel complex because of what it takes. Yeah, and I think the you know with with a lot of our other topics, there's um, I don't say formulaic approaches, but like you can at least break them down to a certain amount of a scientific method where. You know, if you're doing A, B, and C, even if you execute them poorly, you're still executing those steps, and I think you'll still get a halfway decent, you know, response out of it. But mm-hmm. um, I think when you're talking about creating investment, um, it's a it's more of a vibe mm-hmm. than anything else. And so yeah. this is this is a diff like when we started writing the the show sheet out for this, like there was a lot of like this is difficult to convey in just like, just do this and it will happen, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's eminently harder or for people who are doing one shots yeah. or running stuff at conventions. I mean, people are not that invested. They're interested in having the experience, but like, how can you get investment in three hours? Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. Like if you got to be really good, you need a lot of buy-in from your players. Right. And I think to. that's, that's where we're going to, I really kind of wanted to start this conversation off with is keep in mind that this is not a storyteller only thing. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be bringing up topics that is, that any of this applies and should be listened to by the players as well. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. Um, so, uh, how do we, we always start? Well, we always start with a definition. All right. What is creating an investment? What is investment? What are we talking about here? All right. So it, investment is basically when a player or player and character, I suppose, because they're for for the purposes of this, player and character are kind of interchangeable. Yes. Um, yes. Kind of. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll break that down a little bit more. What I, I, they're they're not really. But what I'm saying is the distinction between the two of them, as it pertains to this particular discussion, is not terribly relevant. Correct. Um, so it, when a player and or a character cares about an aspect of the world, um, and usually this is players, mm-hmm. uh, be they NPCs, places, events, history, things like that. Um, it's that sort of unquantifiable buzz about your story mm-hmm. that like excites people to sit back at the table after each game. Yeah, and it's also the the change in tone and even sometimes the way they talk about the game. Mm-hmm. Like they start using the NPC's name. Instead of just saying that dude. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that 
shows that their their mind is actively working through the situation. Right, right. Like you, I know I've got investment at my table when I mention something about an NPC and I get three people go, "Oh hell no!" Yeah. all at once. Like clearly, you care enough to have a strong objection to whatever I just said. You know, yeah. that's investment. Yeah, that's investment. Know? And uh, I'm actually gonna have to remember this. Um, as we go into the discussion, because it was something we that I didn't include, um, and I'll, I'll come back to it. I, I can't believe it just popped into my head because you had brought up uh, one of the things that, it, that that it triggered for me immediately was stolen investment. But I'll get to that. Remind me, stolen investment? stolen investment. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. Okay, because because you did it. I, I I don't know what stolen investment is in but reference bring it to, back but to I'm me. excited to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, bring it back, bring it back. I'm actually gonna put it in chat so I don't forget about it. All right, cool, 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 cool. Um, so. Now, keeping in mind that like creating investment is not the same as plot hooks, okay? Plot hooks are just ways to guide your characters where the interesting parts of your story are, mm-hmm. okay? You're more dragging people with plot hooks. Yes. Um, whereas, with an, if you build investment, players will go there without you having to guide them. Yes. Because they care, because they're motivated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they it, it creates a desire in them to pursue certain things, to act in certain ways based on certain stimuli and whatnot. And that's when you know you've got investment. Yeah. And for me, it's it's something that is a little thin because you can't tangibly write it in and you can't expect that it's just going to work. This isn't part of your, your story that you're going to plop together and say, yeah, this this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And you... oftentimes we think about it that way. Sure. Like, because we're invested as the storyteller because we know the story. It's our baby already. I mean, we, we all write with a certain expectation of how our uh, horror players are going to react. Yeah. You know, and I think... I think that that is maybe a trap we fall into of, like, writing certain scenes and thinking, oh, they're going to feel this way or that way about mm-hmm. it, you know, um, and placing those expectations upon our upon our players. And um, I, I feel like if, you know, if not done correctly, you're setting yourself up for some uh, mismanaged expectations. You know? Yeah, and, like, stepping into this next part, I, I'm going to say that I didn't agree with this, and that is is that I do not believe that the easiest thing is to invest during Session Zero, because in my mind... I the first thing I think of is my players aren't even in the story. Yet. Okay, so I think so when I when I wrote baking in investment during session zero. Yeah. Okay, that is the exact words I wrote on well, this. On yeah, this but page. the thing that you wrote in was the easiest place, place to create, create investment, investment is during session, session zero. zero, and I went, no, it's not. It's not the easiest place to create it because you have to. It's a two part thing. Let me but, let me rephrase. Please do. The easiest place to grow tomatoes is in fertile soil. Aha! Good point. Okay. The easiest place to create investment is mm-hmm. during your session zero. I'm not saying that you or your characters will be invested after session right. zero, but you're going to plant the seeds of it in your session zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So. What I mean by it is this. The clearer you define the purpose of your characters within the world and the story, okay, the clearer your vision your players will have for their place in it, okay? The better they're going to understand what role they are playing in the story. And, like, this is one of the reasons why I, I don't like sandbox games, um, honestly, as a player or as a storyteller. Um, in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I will never play in a sandbox game, Mike, because, I mean, I'll sit at anybody's table if they're telling a good enough story. Um, right. But uh, 
But like I, I always find sandbox games to be a little, and, and I'll even with video games, honestly. Yeah. You know, like I don't like Grand Theft Auto for a lot of reasons, but most because it's just like you can do anything. Cool. What should I do? Anything. Uh, okay, this is already exhausting. You know. Yeah. Please give me a reason to live. <laughs> give me a direction. Give me a purpose. Okay. Show me what the story is about, so I can lean into it. And right? I, I think the first step of that is like a plot hook. That presents something to you, but that's not investment. It's the people that wrap around that. Mm-hmm. It's the events that are part of that hook that make you want to be part of it. But but even more than that, it's it's kind of a what's in it for me situation, mm-hmm. right? So you've got your plot hooks, you've got your NPCs and whatnot like that. But but the more the clearer during a session zero during character creation, okay? When I'm when I'm thinking about my character's backstory. When I'm thinking what part of the team or the crew mm-hmm. I play, you know, mm-hmm. in, in relation to the other players at the table, that's where I'm building investment already, you yep. know? So if a if a storyteller sits me down and says, hey, we're going to be run, I'm going to be running a game, um, you just make an adventure, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, okay. And I'm not really going to care about who I create. Right. But if you sit me down and be like, all right, so you need to create a character, and it can be anything, but... The character has to be down on their luck mm-hmm. and has to have become entangled and indebted to the Thieves Guild in the country's capital city for some reason. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if they're like a mage that, it, you know, was like, uh, you know, uh, 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 overextended on loans trying to get some, met- you know, magical artifact or something like that to increase his own power. Or if they're, you know, a, a, a career thief for the Thieves Guild mm-hmm. or if they're a fighter, maybe running protection for them or... Or, you know, wrongfully accused, wrongfully, whatever. But one way or another, you have to be indebted to the Thieves Guild. So the Thieves Guild has leverage on you. Yep. Suddenly I've got dozens of ideas. Yes. You know, suddenly now I care about the origins of my, oh God, what what did my character do that got themselves in such deep trouble? You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking back to like episodes of leverage. Yep. I'm thinking back to, you know, uh, uh, other crime dramas and stuff like that, that, that I've seen where, Mm -hmm. you know, criminal enterprises have gotten their hooks into very decent people. And I'm thinking of all these things. I'm already invested in this character. Yep. I'm invested just giving this example. Yeah. And I don't even, it's not even real. You know? Yep. So for me, that's that's where it is. You plant the seeds of this investment during character creation. You give your players a very clear picture of what you want from them. Mm-hmm. And it here's the thing, you're like you said, you're you're not gonna get that investment straight out out of the out of the gate. Right. But what you're doing is you're jogging their thoughts on their thought process, right? Right. You're making them at least think about who their character is, mm-hmm. where they come from, what they want, and where they're maybe gonna head in the future. Right. At least getting a trajectory out of the gate. Maybe they won't ever end up anywhere near it. Right. But at least they want something walking into session one. Yep. I, I, I agree with it. It took me the understanding of that, but I wanted to walk through that because I thought that mm-hmm. was really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the next thing that I really think of is is when the world is interesting, people are interested in it. Um. And there's an awful time. There's often a time that little mysteries can exist mm-hmm. around the the setting itself. Like, yeah, the story is we are working for the king to find the last dragon, right? So we're talking with people. We're going on adventures. We're just trying to find the last dragon sure. that exists, right? Because he needs it for some MacGuffin reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that the world isn't working around them. 
and we won't have these in what I like to say the the mystery or the telemundo moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like where you're watching NPCs interact with each other or interact with you that is involving someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, the lovers quarrel, the you know, the doctor who is actually secretly a, you know, an assassin that you found out about because you went on an adventure and he was there, you know, taking yep. care of a problem. Yep. And you're like, "Wait a second. I thought you were a doctor. Well, I wasn't always a doctor." Ooh, now there's mystery about this person. <laughs> I'm like, a healer, but click. <laughs> exactly, you know. It's those types of things that I think are great. Um, one of the things that I read on Reddit, which I thought was a fantastic like way to incorporate interest, uh, was a storyteller had opened a game up with Session Zero being them uh, being these low-level adventurers taking care of a, a small town mm-hmm. that was being beset by orcs and ogres. Uh, and it was a mining town uh, that was kind of on the fringe. They had actually mined all the way through a mountain uh, and were running from the far side of it, and we're cleaning out that side and bringing stuff back through. Well, they realized that they were not going to, the whole point was they were not going to be able to save this village. They were too small. So the village hired them, since they were already as guards, saying, you need to get us through the mountain. So that was their opening adventure, was getting the townsfolk who had remained back through the mountain. And while they're doing this, there's a there was an existing banditry group there that had already cleared the town out of resources while all this was going on and this kind of ogre orc siege that was going on. Mm-hmm. So as they're going through this mountain, th- this slime ball of a dude is like, "Hey, looks like you need some bandages. You know, I could sell you some." And, and just so, straight up war profiteering off exactly yep. through the whole thing. So as they're fighting, you know, spiders and you know other things that are going on, you know, minor level things. As sure. they're literally as they're going through this mine to get these people through, this guy is just being a jerk, and he's got thugs who are kind of who aren't going to rough anybody up because he knows them, but they're also never going to be able to steal from these guys because there's more of them who are definitely better fed and better taken care of. What was interesting was after he finished this part of the adventure, after, you know, the opening adventure got them back, got these people moved on. Now mm-hmm. they're adventurers moving on from this thing and into the normal plot. He kind of got to know them. But at the very end of the game, as they're coming to the crux of the climax, he looks over and says, OK, well, did you guys have anything else on your list? And they flopped out their list of things they needed to do. And like out of the five things, three were crossed off. And the big bad guy was not at the top of the list. He was number two. It was the dude from the mines they wanted to go back and murder because he was <laughs> such a jerk to them at the beginning. And they had his name. They knew where he was from. Like, they had kept little notes. And he was like, that's, that's investment. That's investment that's paid way yeah. off at the end. Yeah. Because, again, it was a pebble in their, in their shoe as they walked. And but he some... was he was he was the memorable part of that encounter of like, that journey. It would have been one thing had they just like okay, you're gonna escort some NPCs. Oh, there's spiders in the cave. Right. Anyway, you know, but right. But when you've got this like really good, really well written NPC that fits in in the setting, yeah. fits in the scenario, and you know, it has the time to build investment, build, like, you know, have dialogue. Yeah. You know, get the players truly irritated, mm-hmm. you know, and and and, and good irritated, yeah. not bad. Like, not getting the players irritated of, like, oh, I don't want to play this game anymore, but, like, that, like, that villain you love to hate. Yeah. You know, that's where that investment comes from. And, and for me, when I look at that, I always think of situations where you have 
a like like I said, like a journey and a pebbles in your shoe, mm-hmm. or something you come across again and again. Like you might go on a road trip and you always run across IHOPs, and you just decide you're always you're going to stop at every IHOP along the way, yep. right? That's part of those investments. Like if you find another IHOP later, you're like. Dude, we have to go to this one. Dude, we're not on the road trip anymore. But dude, it's an IHOP. We but have dude, to go IHOP. to that IHOP, you know, and see, you know, if it's the same. And and that's a thing. That's like a a whole experience that gets packaged that you can't sell into the story. I I need to I need to segue just briefly off of our discussion because something just crossed my mind, and I I need to I need to directly address the players out there. Please do. Okay. Because a little soapbox I like to get on every so and then um, is is the whole idea of letting the villain monologue. Oh yeah. Um, and I am a huge proponent of letting the villain monologue. Yeah. Okay. I always think you should let the villain monologue. Um, and there's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, it's just not realistic to just sit there and let him shoot his mouth off without putting an arrow through it, you know. Like, that's our chance, you know, and if well, we, we all watch The Incredibles, we know you shouldn't let the villain monologue. Um, but here's the thing, though, is that I really think, as a, as a storyteller, you are robbing yourself of a good experience. Think of how much more fun the game is when you are invested, when you are involved. Um, and you've got strong feelings about the big bad evil guy, and you look at him as a thorn in your side rather than as an objective to be conquered. Yes. As a boss to just be killed and written off. Yeah. You know, if you stop thinking about him in video game senses and you start thinking about him as that's my arch nemesis right there, mm-hmm. you know, um, I guarantee you're going to have a much better, much more fulfilling story experience. If you let the guy run his mouth. Now, storytellers don't stab your players in the back. No. Reveal some of your plans. Don't do the whole thing of, ha-ha, you were stupid for letting me monologue, because while I was doing that, I was enacting my, my, my plan, mm-hmm. and I just bought myself all the time, because then you're shooting yourself in the foot, because next time they will kill him. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you monologue, you use it only for running your mouth at your players, mm-hmm. let it happen. Mm-hmm. Watch some good monologues. Everyone will be more invested. Everyone will hate your big bad evil guy all the much more for shooting his mouth off like yep. that. Yep. And your story will be richer. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yep. Um, and uh, Sean in the live chat is uh, posting uh, uh, a gif of Tony Stark roll- hard rolling his eyes because this was a discussion topic that he and I got into in the car the other day. That's okay. <laughs> I, I We have microphones and they don't. Um. My thought behind this is is that you don't just have to you invent this out of nowhere. You can pre-sell it with stolen investment. And this is where something we've talked about with NPCs, we've talked about with other things, and it fits with investment. And you did this exceptionally well, whether you were actively doing it or not. In our story, in your in your games uh, sure, story, okay. uh, the last group of, of thugs that we had to meet with mm-hmm. was a Khajiit, uh, you know, uh, and a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who had a specific look that you described in a specific way. Uh, so this this was my uh, this was my Molly Weasley rogue. Correct. None of uh, all of us heard that. Uh huh. That is not the image that we all got. 
because all of us thought of Dolores Umbridge. Oh. I remembered it say, being said at the table twice. She is sweet, like Molly Weasley, but we all think that she's Dolores Umbridge, and that there's more going on there behind the scenes. I mean, if you guys all thought she was Dolores Umbridge, that's one thing. I never used that comparison. Right. But I described her like a kindly soccer mom. Correct. Yes. And that's the thing is, is that you sold, you pre-sold an image that was already in our head that it didn't fit. It was the little Susie there in the dark alley with some heavy books. Something yep. bad's about to go down. Yep. Part of that is stealing from our stealing from the subconscious of your players. If you know your players know, I don't know, a, a, a specific TV show or an individual very well, mm -hmm. there's nothing that does the sale of investment better as long as you stick to it. If you stick to the trope and you kind of fall, you fall through it, that you cannot sell someone to someone else your NPC as something that's already in their mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that helps bring that investment even closer to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 that's where I'm saying it's, it's a stolen investment because what you're doing is you're taking from their mind an image that they already have an inherent investment. With oh, I get and it. And applying okay. it to your game. I get it now. All right. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. So they already have a history with this. If you walk in and, and I, I said, Oh, you enter into the, uh, the crafter shop. And as you enter in, there's a smell of light oil. You can hear, uh, you can hear the the fires burning in the back. He comes off wiping off his hands with a uh, a uh, a goatee and a mustache that's neatly trimmed, a mop of hair, and a very arrogant, you know, an arrogant, self righteous kind of attitude as he comes wandering up. And he name, you know, and his name is, you know, uh, Moni Hark. Your brain goes, okay. He goes, what can I do for you? You seem like you're pretty able. And you sell him like Tony Stark. Ah, yeah. Okay. And now every your mind is already clipping on that. He's got gear for them. He's always taking care of them. This the the image is already stolen in their minds. The mm -hmm. investment is already half paid for. I gotcha, I gotcha. So that's one of the things that you can do, even with locations. You can pre-sell which we often use images of other places yeah, to sure. pre-sell those sure. and to sell the and so when you're trying to get a theme that's a way to sell investment of a theme yeah and okay that feeling like okay. if i bring up castlevania you your your brain already has an image of what things look like yeah like you you've got a feeling you know how dark it is you know the kind of horrors that are there that's the feeling. If I explain that the that the overgrowth in the place seems as if no one has been inside of this facility for years, it feels like portal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I know, yeah. You also start getting the feelings that sit behind that. How much of the technology is still alive? Yeah. Is yeah. there an AI possibly here? Mm-hmm. If I sell the AI with it, boom. Yep. So all of that is stolen from the minds of your players. It takes a little extra effort to hear that and to know your players well enough to do that. But it's there. Yeah, I was gonna say it also. It also heavily depends on them knowing the pop culture reference. Well, and that's the listening part. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm very keen on like you know knocks and knocks in the box in the mm -hmm. uh, in the live chat. You know, anytime we make pop culture references here, this is an eight out of ten chance that he goes. No, never seen it. <laughs> on the other hand, if I'm running an adventure game, there's lots of references that I can use. That's true. And that's the thing is is that your players at your table will help you. Yeah. Through their own table chatter. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it pays to listen. Um, but the other thing is, is that in often in times, players will hand you some things. 
Oh, sure, sure. They'll give you some backstory. They'll uh, give you things that connect with their with their characters. Now, I will flat out say a lot of players ignore their backstories after even like session three. Oh, sure, sure. And you, you know, like we were talking earlier, and you made a you made a really great point that stuck with me. It's like a lot of players never even get involved in their backstories because they're so focused on the story that the storyteller puts forth that they're not looking backwards at their own backstory. You mm-hmm. know. And even characters who genuinely care about their backstories will forget about it. Mm-hmm. Just simply because you put enough dragons in front of them and they're like, oh, yeah, shit, we got to deal with these dragons. And... Well, it's their history. It's not their current. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but mining a character's backstory and their history and stuff like that, that if, they, if they're going to hand it to you, it's it's free investment, mm-hmm. right? Because the moment you dig something out of there and put it into the story, they're going to be like, oh, 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 hey, this is this is from my thing, you know? And like I said, investment's all about what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. You hand them something that they wrote, instant investment, you know? Um, I did this in my game, um, uh, the Mad Elf's character, excuse me, the Mad Elf's character, uh, uh, Tristan, um, he wrote in his backstory that uh, he came from a small village up in the, up in the highlands um, that was uh, destroyed by a bandit. Unbeknownst to him, um, I had already written this bandit plot mm-hmm. that we were already rolling into by the time he joined yep. the game, and I was like, "What if I gave you the name of the bandits that uh, that, that destroyed your, your your thing?" And he was like, "Okay, sure." And I said, "I so I gave him the name of one of them." Yep. Um, he ran into that particular person. Uh, it definitely drove his motivations quite a bit uh, going through there. He got to visit the ashes of his old village in the pursuit of this bandit. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, this particular bandit seized power from the big bad evil guy mm-hmm. and became the new big bad evil guy. So he got a final boss battle with him. Which is fantastic. Which is invest- which is fantastic. And uh, it was it was a great experience for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, one of the things that, uh, that came up uh, after we actually finished the show sheet was I was watching, I was reading through uh, comments uh, about something else, about starting a game. And... Someone was talking about how they set the world and everything. They knew roughly what their plot was going to be, but then told the players, before you create your characters, here are the three scenarios that you will open into. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, you are captured on your ship. It was a sci-fi. You are captured on your ship. Bandits have taken your ship. So I need to know who the crew is. You guys are going to create your crew. You're going to tell me how you guys got captured and what the situation is. Okay, okay. To open the investment. Yeah. Like basically pre-paint the story of all the events that occurred up to them being locked up in their own wherever. Sure. There's, of their there, own ship. there's your session zero seating. Yeah. Correct. And I was like, okay, that's that's fantastic. I said, what, and so like the other two were just like, uh, you are left on a planet with your ship leaving with the bandits in it. Mm-hmm. You're literally watching them leave. Mm-hmm. And like, what brought you to this moment and who are all of you? So, like, maybe some of your crew, some of, some of your passengers, right? You know, but you're left on a planet. Sure, sure. And then the last one was you're finally buying back your ship from bandits with the last pennies that you're all able to scrounge together. How did you get the money to get to this point? Hmm. Okay. Okay. And who's handing over the money? Yeah, yeah, And it was like, those are great because it, it makes the whole table have to work. And come up with whatever this is. Now the adventure starts from here. Like that's that's done. <laughs> right, right. Whatever Got that it. is, is paid for. Niska's money. You'll never see us again. Got it. Better <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he said, 
it took two session zeros for us to finish because everybody was talking so much they never made their characters in the first session. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you want. That's great. That's yeah. great. They were like, this is great because they read the synopsis for what the game was going to be and it had nothing to do with this. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I I thought I was just going to be like an like a soldier mm-hmm. who's okay, well I I guess I I guess I could do something else and it and everybody just shifted gears. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. I loved that as an idea. So again, investment can happen at session zero or even prior if you can prepare your story for that and understand that backstory is backstory and story is story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you can move forward from that. Um the stuff that happens in game tends to happen organically. And I think there is a few times when you've done then you, in your story that you've done this very well. Yeah. Okay. Um I think that uh the one that you brought up that was totally organic was Helgrid. Yeah, yeah. Um so Helgrid was a um uh you got involved with the cult of Meridia, the Daedric prince of light and purity. Um, uh, the Lady of Infinite Energies, and, uh, she, uh, Helgrid was a cultist, essentially, who worshipped Meridia in the town mm-hmm. of Skingrad. Yes. Uh, you had gone to the Thieves' Guild and said, hey, um, I know you guys have connections, I'm mm-hmm. looking to get in touch with the cult of Meridia here, can you put me in touch with somebody? Yep. Um, and so they, they kind of chaperoned the meetup just to make sure that you weren't doing something shady. Right. Um. Which didn't. Actually, it was a lovely meetup. It was a lovely meetup. Ended and, up with some nice tea at the end. And Helgrid was a was a just a nice young lady, um, yeah. who just had wonderful things to say about this Daedric Prince. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, you you had a very positive experience with her and stuff of like that. Um, and then I the very next game session opened with the Thieves Guild kicking down your door. Yeah. Uh, demanding to know what you did with Helgrid. Which was fantastic for me. Because she had been abducted. Yeah. And uh, you were like the last person to have been seen with her. So, yep. yep. Um, they were more or less fishing for information, but... Uh, but yeah, they... that whole scene, that whole live action of that scene was fantastic in the way that it role played out. Yeah. We, yeah, we had a lot of so. fun with it. I think it was great. Uh, but but worth noting um, that, like, Helgrid became a major focus of the plot. Um, I don't say a major focus of the plot. I, I don't know if... I don't know if those are quite the right terms, but she became very important to it. She became a MacGuffin. Yes, she did. She became a MacGuffin. She became a MacGuffin within the plot. Um, organically, like, I did not have Helgrid written. She was not an NPC I had set aside at all. I didn't know you were going to ask, you know, the Thieves mm-hmm. Guild about the Cult of Meridia or anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it made perfect sense that you did, mm-hmm. but uh, I had to come up with her on the fly. And, and suddenly she became this really important character that was kind of being used as a pawn between you guys and the bad guys, you know. And what was even better about all of that was as we became more invested in her, you made sure all the other NPCs wrapped around her. Yeah. You made the you made the the bad guy, one of the the one of the primary uh antagonists interested in making uh, interested in her in a way, mm-hmm. but still left it malleable to the story. Yep. You made one of our NPCs that were important to us from the Thieves Guild very interested in her and why she even would care about this individual mm-hmm. in such a deep way. And we never got the hard depth behind it. No. Because it wasn't necessary. We never d- dug for it. Yeah. But it was clearly palatable and there. And then as we exploited that or to a degree within the story... It paid off. 
and it felt like it always paid off as if it had always been there. Right, right. Um, one of the one of the great things that that Helgrid did for me in my story was, um, and this is a this is a one thing I always try to do uh, to help build investment is anytime you've got a group or a faction organization, um, any any group of people that is larger than like four people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I always try to give them a face. Yes. I, I have one NPC that essentially represents that organization, um, and I I make them essentially the face of the organization. If you're going to deal with that organization, you're always going to deal with this one NPC. Right. Uh, and that works for your villains as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this particular plot, the primary antagonist, Yorda, uh, mm-hmm. Yorda Foe Crusher, had been um, essentially kidnapping people and then turning them into blood fiends. Which are just like insane baby vampires. Sure, sure. They're they're overcome with their bloodlust, and they're nothing more than just ravenous ghouls, basically. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, she was using those because they were more destructive, and she wanted the chaos. Mm-hmm. And so when Helgrid was abducted, that allowed me to put a face on the blood fiends mm-hmm. for you. You know, um, and it worked wonderfully yeah. because like the one of the one of the next game sessions, um. You went immediately down into the sewers to try to um, clear out this nest of vampires, basically, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully to find Yorda while you were down right. there. And uh, you, like, nuked nine or so blood fiends. Right. You never asked what their names were. You never asked for a physical description. They were just pawns on the board for you. Right. And that's fine. That's how I wrote them. Like, that's not... That and, is not saying you guys and, did anything wrong, and to say because this, I presented them that way. Right, you presented them that way, and as players, we did ask if there was any way we could redeem them, and you were like, "No, you know that they are they are fully infected." Yeah, yeah, there these ones are beyond 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 help. But what you did though was you found Helgrid. We actually she she had only been abducted like the day before, so the vampirism hadn't had a time to like set in fully. Yeah, and you were able to cure her. Yeah. Get her back to the surface. Yep. And get her back into people who could take care of her. Yep. And that really was a victory for you. Mm-hmm. You rescued one NPC you had met, like, the game session before, but because you had a name, because you had a face, rescuing that one person represented rescuing someone from the Blood Fiends. Right. You know, suddenly the Blood Fiends were redeemable. Yeah. Even one if it in was just ten that is, one. is still one in ten. Yeah. And... The other part of that was you then took that in player investment of we did this and let's make this feel great and told us flat out, you will be rewarded for this. This is important. And the next session, it was. It was rewarded to us in the way that we presented to the citizens that we found the others and they they accepted that highly. And yeah. Took it. But not only that, it gave us a reputational leverage against, well, with somebody in the Thieves Guild. Mm-hmm. And that paid off even greater. Yes. Story-wise, emotionally, it was great. Yes, yes, absolutely. All of that went exceptionally well. Absolutely. All from an NPC that I invented on the fly because you made an off-the-wall request. Yep, yep. And it's it's things like that to listen for when your players ask for something that you're 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 helping to move into those situations so that you are prepared for that level of investment. I think the other is the listening to reactions. For instance, in my game, I had your character, Ravana, mm-hmm. 
meet up, well, the whole entire group did, with doubles of themselves. Basically, people who have been going around and masquerading as you for a, a period of time and using your good charity and name. Yeah, there, there was a uh, a prophecy that one day we would return. And mm-hmm. somebody thought, oh, this is just a stupid prophecy, and it doesn't say when they're going to return. Let's pretend to be them, and we can be local celebrities. And it worked out for them very well until you showed up. In, until we showed up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we already got some. They're very nice. And you're right, like, right. what? But what was interesting was when your doppelganger showed up, instead of just immediately fighting them mm-hmm. and, and, and throwing down, you were like, hey, those are really nice boots. That's, you, you basically sized each other up in like in fashion sense. You're like, I, I, do we need to even do this? No, well, I don't see why we need to fight. You, you were doing a job. We showed up. You didn't know we were going to show up. I don't see if there's any harm foul, foul there. And literally, like, she tipped her hat to you and took off. Yeah. And f- fantastic enough, was gone. And I looked at that and I said, okay. I planned on reusing these characters, but I didn't know who'd have investment on them. And really only two of you took investment. And I was going to use her again later, and I needed to figure out what was the best way to present that continuation of story. And so I knew she would not have as much value to you, but her story might. And so I presented to her, back to you, dead. I I presented her being murdered by someone, which in and itself wasn't a big deal, but she handed you a choice. She basically said, like, uh, effectively, go find my lover Mm -hmm. and the child who believes I'm coming home. Uh, Tell Marco I'm sorry I lied to him, I believe was her her exact words. And you're like, oh, crap. Now Now I have to go take care of something. Yeah. For someone that I was kinda nice to a month ago. Right. But like Shit, you know. Ravana's a very simple person and the idea that someone would be killed in such a brutal manner like that is just mm-hmm. like no one deserves that. So whatever her fi- her final wish is, like I have to do it, you know. Right. And I saw that investment, I said, Very well. And I continued that story. Mm-hmm. I had ideas for it, but literally I wanted to see where it was going to expose from. Sure. And you bit into it. Hard. Oh yeah, which no, was I'm great. Super invested in 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 Marco and Madeline and like all yep. those NPCs you've introduced me along that along that mm-hmm. plot line, and yep. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. And the thoughts behind that all came from you saying, "I my character has no connection to this world." Yeah, and I'm like, I'm going to show you the investment that someone else made, that is now your choice to decide if it's your problem or not. Mm-hmm. And so far. There's only one person who knows otherwise. Yeah. And 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 you were you were right in that because when you heard me say my character has no investment to this world, you mm-hmm. handed me something to bite on and like like a drowning person searching for, you know, a life preserver, you tossed me one flotation device and I grabbed it, you know. Um and yeah, yeah, I mean I I grabbed onto it real hard. It's it's what it's what she needed, it's what I needed as a player and it's been a great plot so far. So yeah. Um so let's 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 wrap this a little bit and and talk about like what can we do to capitalize on this? How can we how can we bring this down to a level to actually be able to make it useful? Sure, okay. Um well, okay. First off, I I think like players like we were saying earlier, players show you what they care about. Okay. Um, you used the example earlier of, of uh, I say earlier when we were talking, we were putting together the, this, the, these show, show notes um, of uh, dropping a quarter 
on the floor yes. and hoping that somebody notices and picks it up. Yes. Like, you can't just do that with players. You have to drop not – you have to, sometimes you have to drop multiple quarters, but not everybody's motivated by quarters. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you need to drop a couple of quarters. You need to drop a couple of stuffed animals. You need to drop a kitten. Mm-hmm. You need to you – know, yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You need a to bloody drop a, knife, a whole, you know. a whole bagged lunch, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, some salt and pepper chips, you know, um, and and see who picks what up because each player is going to get invested in your story through different means. They're going to be yes. all motivated by different parts of your story, um, but but noticing who, what catches whose eye mm-hmm. at your table, okay. And this is kind of what like at the very beginning of this of this 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 podcast, I said. Um, that a lot of this is vibe based, mm-hmm. and this is really where it gets vibe based. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, is noticing when your players are trying to tell you what they're actually interested in. Yeah, um, it's watching when you when you describe something or you bring forth an NPC. Watching that one player in uh, over on the side of the table light up a little bit, mm-hmm. and and suddenly now they're they're listening. They perk up and and they want to talk to this NPC. That's their way of telling you, like, this is a cool NPC. I like them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if a player gets really angry about your villain or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Count Count Hasseldor. Mm-hmm. I knew I had you guys invested in this character when he, first off, he lives at the end of last arc. Yeah. You guys thought you were done with him. Yeah. But one of our players, one of our characters, invited him to come to the land of apocrypha with you yeah and so when the archmage of your mages guild announced that the first expedition would be would be starting here's how you guys would be going over there and establishing the base camp and you've created this magical artifact that will allow you to find things and good news count hasseldor will be coming with you on the very first expedition three of you issued a curse word mm-hmm. <laughs> all in unison mm-hmm and I, it was great. Yeah, I just, I, I started glowing right that yeah. at that moment because I knew you cared enough to be swearing out loud at the mention of his name. Yeah, and the implication of his presence. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's the that's when you know. Yeah, and where you you put stars next to it, you accept it, you move through it. Yes, but you listen to how your players want to move through it. Yes, um, because that's that's now the story. Yeah. That's that's where you put it. Now we're not saying change your plot. We're saying that's now part of the story. You should you should find a way to make more of that story matter. Mm-hmm. Is there something like okay? Did, was did you have written in your notes that like an an NPC that, that you haven't specified is going to give them certain information now? Okay, well can can that information come from the NPC they care about? In some way, sure, sure. Um, they they decide one one random NPC is a real jerk. Okay, cool. Can you make that jerk NPC now uh, involved in the bigger plot, involved in their bigger problem? Right. You know, um, are there ways you can tie it back? Is there something that NPC can do to um, keep themselves involved in the plot? Is there a critical thing that they can offer, uh, a piece of equipment or whatever? You know, even if it's not part of the main plot, can -hmm. they get themselves more involved? Yeah. You know? Exactly. And and a lot of times it could be somebody that they care about. It could be someone that they that they loathe. It could be someone that they have respect for. It could be someone who has respect for them. But mm-hmm. it has to be that interaction point that they constantly return to. 
and sometimes most people are pretty simple. Yeah, they're they're just looking to help. They're just looking to assist. They're just looking to impress. And those are the, the feelings that you go with when you're working with these people. For instance, they find an annoying kid who's constantly following them, and they they constantly bring up that this kid is following them or looking for them. Great, he goes missing, like from the group. For you just don't bring him up for a few days, mm-hmm. and then you have one of your trusted people say that they saw a new scout in the ranks of your big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. They're not too sure, but he seems to be a young lad. Goes by the name of, you know, uh, of Jamie, and you're like, Jamie? Wait, short, dark hair, green eyes, really annoying voice? Yeah. Yeah, we know Jamie. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the investment is palpable. Yeah. Like, you don't hate that kid. Yeah. But now you're worried. Like, why is he doing that? Is he Is he still friends with you? Is he still trying to get good? Or is he now turning you over yeah there's there's a there's a palpable difference between the big bad evil guy has a new has a new henchman and yeah. the big bad evil guy has a henchman you know yeah i think it was it was it was uh oh, it was a phrase i learned a long time ago it was like something about knowing the name of the guy trying to break your face that makes it so much more personal yeah 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 it's it's not just thug number seven who's trying to kill you it's it's bob yeah hi bob <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> and what's worse is the, the like when an NPC who you haven't met approaches you and knows the names of all of your characters and has respect for them is just like, I'm sorry, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. My boys are going to rough you up tonight. Why? I can't have you going into that dungeon tomorrow. It yep. just can't happen. Yep. Jamie, let me know about everything. Please don't even try and reach for your, your daggers. Please don't. I, I'm going to rough you up tonight. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow... You're going to need to recover. Why don't you just recover? And, like, that sells on a whole different level. Yeah. yeah. That you just got sold out by a friend. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, do we want to, uh, do we want to address, uh, uh, forcing investment? Yeah. I think it kind of follows under the same thing as railroading. Yeah. Like, you, you, you have to let your tables find it. Well, there's a thing. I don't think you, like, railroading you can do. Well, you can. You can. You can you, force you can... your players into a plot, into a situation. You can't force a player into investment. Mm-mm. That's you can't force a player to have a certain emotional reaction. No, you know, and I think that's that's like we care very deeply about it. And I know I've written in my notes in the past, not nearly so much in modern days, but I, yeah. I know I have written in the past of like you know this will make the the, the players angry. Yeah, this will make the players care about this NPC, and I'm always stunned when it didn't happen. You yeah. know, like, oh, well, why, why don't they care about this NPC? I wrote it right here in my notes. You know, yeah, I did the thing. They just don't care. Hmm. Yeah, but sometimes your your players just aren't in the same headspace as you are, and you can't make them have an emotional reaction. Right, right, and that that presents its own levels of issues. But if you're if you can catch the names or the the feelings or the attitudes towards individuals Mm -hmm. that your players do attach to you can use that and come back to it and that's where that's where that inspiration for you should regrow right right uh yeah this is this is like where you 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 do have to pay attention to the vibe at the table and Mm -hmm. then just try to lean into that and exploit what's already blossoming there Mm -hmm. rather than trying to create it ex nihilo yourself you know right 
Um, but I think early on, if you set those expectations with your group, you have a much better chance of saying, like, if you start out your table by saying, this, I want to roleplay in this game. I mm-hmm. think the mechanics for D&D are great and everything for being able to fight things. But I'd like everyone to be roleplaying and involved in the story and the NPCs that I'm play- presenting to you. So that sets the expectation of what the story is yeah. and where it's going. And if your players aren't up for that, if they just want a straight-up dungeon romp, then you know where your level investment needs to be. Well, that was that was like one of the big parts of the move to Savage Worlds for mm-hmm. me, you know, is because I didn't want to run a high combat, high lethality game. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we're playing with the uh, with the Heroes Never Die setting rule. Yeah, where if you're a wild card, you, it's almost impossible for you to die unless mm-hmm. you deliberately say this. Yeah, I feel like my character would die here. Yeah. Um, and then it's a voluntary choice. You know, then it's like, are you? It's not like, oh, well, you said that you're dead. No, it's still like, okay. How do you want to handle this? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's see how this fits into the story because right. that's the type of story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested in the stakes of lethality. I'm interested in seeing what happens with characters mm-hmm. as they all interact and explore these events that unfold and these dangers that prevent themselves and stuff, yep. present themselves. And um we had a we had a discussion we we're hanging out with uh with Steve at his place mm-hmm. and um the idea of going into the oblivion realm of apocrypha came up and yeah. Steve's kind of reaction to that was like oh god we're all going to die and I'm like that's not the type of game we're playing at all like you you get that right like we're playing with the with the 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 heroes never die special rule like I almost can't kill you by the agreed upon rules you're not going to die in apocrypha and he went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And besides, your character thinks he's going to be killed by a dragon. What do you think? There's no dragons in Apocrypha. Right, right. <laughs> like, I mean, we may be dragging some people out from bad situations that might occur. But but it was setting that expectation of, like, you know, you, you, can, you can go there. You mm-hmm. can have an adventure there. Like, you don't need to fear the lethality of it. Because it's just not the type of game that we're... That we're playing it's feel, not the story feel free to get invested in it mm-hmm. is essentially what i was saying to him of like do, get past your fear your fear is not the thing you need to have in the forefront right you know roll up your sleeves roll up your sleeves and, and allow yourself to have some fun with this and feel feel some different emotions about it you know yep, yep. um and and this kind of goes out to the players in this is that give yourself permission to explore the story yes you your your storyteller may be dropping dimes or stuffed animals or anything along the way, and you may be hesitant to step into it. You may be hesitant to explore part of the story because it might expose things. Don't. Mm-hmm. It's a choose your own adventure. Well, not just that, but I mean, a lot of a lot of new players are going to be timid about like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself out there i don't want to act goofy because what if i look silly while i'm role-playing right what if i'm doing a silly voice and it it sounds funny to everybody else and they're all chocolate you know we're all self-conscious yeah you know well most of us are self-conscious um you get less as you move on through it you you do but like um not everybody's robin williams face you know know, and not not everybody's a trained voice actor i mean we all we all watch you know a lot of us watch critical role and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and we get very intimidated by the fact that these are professionals and we don't want to like try to do a funny voice because uh you know for for our characters because like oh what if what if i you know i'm I'm not a professional who cares yeah nobody cares you know Mm -hmm. like just just get involved it's fine we're all there to have fun and even if you like (laughs) <laughs> look at look at Sam Regal first episode of 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 campaign two of Critical Role, man. 
he did the voice for his character and everybody looked at him and went, oh, God, is that the voice you're using? Mm-hmm. And he even he owned it. He was like, it's going to be hundreds of episodes like this, guys. Buckle up, you know? Yeah. And look. And- and th- this is interesting because it's just put in there. Yeah, yeah. Noxia said, I also don't want, uh, don't know what kind of butterfly effect my actions are going to have for these games. Do it. That's, Find out. That's the story. That's the story. You that... have, it's, st- storytelling is a trust fall. Yes. You have to trust that your storyteller is not just going to be like, haha, you chose wrong. Your character dies and you're stupid. Get out of my house. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. No. And if it is, don't don't hang out with that storyteller. Exactly. Most storytellers are interested in telling a good story. As yeah. They should be interested in telling a good story, Correct. rather than and if unless you're doing something blatantly stupid and suicidal and completely unadvisable. And most stories will try to will, storytellers will try to hint that of like, are you sure you want to do that? These are a storm. It's a stormy night on eel infested waters, and you're gonna dive in the water. Are you sure? The the sails are torn. There's lightning bolts striking. Are you really sure you're going to want to do this? Like, yeah. Your character is unsure and literally looking at you in the fourth wall going, please don't make me jump. Most storytellers are going to do that. Okay. So, especially like at my table, if you did something even foolish or brash or, or bold, Mm-hmm. You know, inventive, out of left field, out of the box, whatever you want to call it. Like, I'm going to have fun thinking about what the implications of it are. And we're all going to tell a very interesting story about it. Yeah. You know, like finding out what the butterfly effect of your actions are is actually the good part. Yeah. But you just need to trust that your storyteller isn't going to just hammer nails into you about it. Yeah. And that the other people at your table are going to move with you on it. Yep. And that that just takes doing it and and the trust of moving through it. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and understandably, that's that's a learned skill. Yeah, that's a learned skill for players, you know. But I, I think I think we're we're getting a little off, a little off topic here. But I'll, I'm not going to go too far because I, the one of the things that I want to say was like how some of these have been accepted. Like one of the ones that you made up was is that uh, was that not all players are going to pick up your dimes and run with them like everyone else. Sure. And sometimes it's a matter of full conversation. You had this conversation with Vicky in regards to your game for her character. She is not someone who immediately dives into hard plot. She'll usually sit back, listen, watch, experience. She's reactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not actively engaged. I, I described her a lot like having a cat at the table, which is ironic because she's playing a Khajiit. Um, that, that she's like the, the type of player who's going to be quiet and sleep for 18 hours a day over in the corner and probably ignore you. Mm-hmm. But every so and then she will come over, she will meow loudly, mm-hmm. she will bat at the, at the laser pointer that you're shining at her, and then she'll go back to sleeping for 18 hours, you yeah. know? She's very much like that as a player in that she's, she's very go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have a lot of opinions, but sometimes her character does have a strong enough opinion that her character will speak up. Mm-hmm. It's cool. She gets involved, but she doesn't actively seek the limelight in a lot of ways. She's just very content to play a very supporty role in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a conversation with her and asked her, like, do you want me to bring your character's backstory in? And we talked about what your backstory is, but how involved do you want it to be? And she was very hesitant. She was like, eh, I don't think I need the whole, you know, everybody focusing on me thing. And I was like, all right, you want just like a B plot? Like... A little little snippets of your backstory kind of get involved, but it's never going to take the limelight. It's never going never gonna to be the main focus of everybody. She's like, yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. 
So last game we threw a bunch of Khajiit ninjas in there, and she had a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was great, and it it literally could just drift away at any time. Yep, not a big deal. Yep. Um, in my game, I've got a character, or I've got a, a player who likes to be there for the story, likes to be his character, mm-hmm. but doesn't really invest in anything that gets set out, and it doesn't mean that that he's not going to be there for the scenes. He's definitely there for the scenes. And that's what I present to him is I'll present moments to him Mm -hmm. where he's allowed to pull forward what he wants and present it in the scene. And I encourage it in the scene. And when the scene closes, great. Yeah. And they move on. Yep. And it's, it's not a matter of, of trying to even create a, a moment in an adventure or a bunch of story. It, It can be some simple dialogue even that adds weight to the scene. Uh, for instance, him bringing up his heraldry was a point of error. And people were like, oh, well, that person's already in the city. You should go look them up mm-hmm. and give him the option. He did. I was like, great. There's a bit of investment that I'm going to have payoff. Yeah, cool. But <coughs> <coughs> pardon me. But the point is, is that the reference point that you give for each character or for each player is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared for their level investment. And when they pick up that investment, you move with them on it. Yes. Yes. And that's that's really what I'm saying there. So players, listen for your moments. Work with your storyteller. And and when they and when they try to toss you something, don't be afraid to bite on it. Yeah. Go enjoy it. Yeah. Go enjoy go it. Go enjoy it. So our uh we do have a lot of questions. We do have a lot of questions. But they're from Nevin. He hammered our questions and i think they're great oh my god yeah there's like eight of them i think there's eight some of these we already went over but some of these i I think we can throw we can we can do simple answers to to kind of wrap things which yeah no absolutely absolutely so pick one uh all right we'll start from the top here um how to help uh how do you help players define their expectations and investment session zero Session zero, uh, but but I mean more than session zero. I think you should have continuous conversations with the mod character. Yeah. Um, I've I've spoken about this a lot um, in previous casts. Uh, I, I think you should always be talking to your players, talk about what they want, talk about how they feel, mm-hmm. talk about what they like, what they don't like, and stuff like that. Yeah, we're not playing secret games. Yeah, this is a this is a co op storytelling session. Yeah, make it co op. Yep. Discuss it. Keep keep going. Define their expectations and keep defining their expectations. Yeah, because yep. things will change. Yep. Things will totally change. They'll get different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the difference between player's investment and character's one? I I, I kind of said at the beginning, I don't think that there's a meaningful distinction between the two. I agree. Um, I, I think you will run into situations where a player will say, oh, God, I really want to see how this turns out. And don't get me wrong, Ravana doesn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. But but Sarah is deeply invested here. Yeah. So like, and and that's the thing is is that like, and you may be invested in somebody else's thing or even something else that's going on. So it's like, yeah. don't take my disinterest as character. I'm interested. Like I want to. I'm eating popcorn over here yeah, while yeah. while while Ravana's disgusted with this whole situation. Please keep feeding me the popcorn. Like yes. I want to see what this thing yes. turns into. I I think you'll rare you. I I don't think it's you'll ever see the uh, the the opposite of it like you'll see a character invested in something that the player isn't no i i don't think that'll ever happen i um, couldn't imagine that 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 feels tedious yeah like oh yeah. i have to farm for 16 hours to get this thing well i'm invested 
Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen in tabletop games. Yeah, like I said, I, I think invest, investment's almost more of a player thing. Um, I don't think the, the difference between character investment and player investment's meaningful. Yeah. At all. I, I, the one thing that comes to mind where I could see that being an issue is literally in the new uh, ex- Expectations of 7C 2nd Edition, where, you're taught, where you have to invest in a story mm-hmm. to complete it in so many things to get something at the end. So as a player, like your character's invested to get this thing, and now you have to finish five story points to get the thing you want. Yeah, I, I feel but, like, I feel like though, because it's something you select, it should be something you care about. And that's what I'm saying is, is that even in that situation, work with your damn player. Yeah. Like make it something that they want. Yeah. And then work through that. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't just grind. That's, that is not the point of this. Um, uh, should I focus first on player's investment or character investment? We kind of already touched on that. They're, yeah, they're really cool. the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. I don't. I don't think you should try and focus on one or the other. Um, I mean, I, I would say focus. I definitely want to focus more on a character just in general. Yeah, you're telling a story about those characters, right? Um, and so dropping things that the characters are going to be in more invested in is more important than dropping a thing a player is going to be invested in because that's almost metagamey to drop things well, for the players and not only that but yeah but I, but uh, keeping in mind that every character is just a sock puppet that the player has their hand up well and th- you know to say that the other thing is 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 one of the things you always say is keep it in game yeah keep, talk to your players as their characters yeah that keeps the story as the important thing, and it doesn't get into slapsticky. Oh, we're playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in another world, mm-hmm. and you start using those trope words and things like that, where it's, it has no relevance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is the difference between short and long-term motivation? Um, all right. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, uh, when we were reading over the questions and um. I, I want to just draw the distinction that uh, the word motivation, like realizing that this is being uh, this question is being asked on the tail end of a question uh, of a of a, a show about investment. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to make sure that we're not using motivation interchangeably with investment because they're not really the same thing. Right. Um, motivation is more like your plot hook sort of stuff. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to feel invested in a motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does help. Yeah. Um, but the difference between like short and long term for me is like a, a short term stimulus uh, motivation is just a stimulus. Like mm-hmm. it's um, you know the, the the goblins attacking you are going to motivate you to do something, fight back or flee or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, um, and that like that short term motivation is going to last exactly until the stimulus is gone. Um, and you're going to kind of stop caring about it after that. Uh, long-term motivation. These are the things that you are going to be invested in, Are th- I think, are the long-term motivations. Right. They're going to, like, and this is kind of coming back to, like, why I said, like, let your villains monologue. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to create that long-term motivation, you know? Yeah. The long-term motivation, if you get your characters and if your players invested in this, mm-hmm. are going to be the ones who write that name on their shit list. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you were talking about yeah. earlier, you know? It's... End of the game, we're ready to face off with the big bad evil guy, but first we have to go get that jerk in the tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> Short-term motivation is the goblins are attacking the town. Long-term motivation is... Was Mirabelle taken? Where yeah. is she? Is Wait, she is okay? She, is she okay? Yeah. You know, there's your long term motivation because now you can be like, you can't find her. Mm-hmm. 
Like now you want to go figure out what happened. Right. 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 Um, and 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 follow that level of motivation. Anytime you have that, is that your players motivated to buy some level of investment? Yes. Yes. So agreed. And you may not know how deeply they're invested, um, but you cannot force the investment. You can force motivation. Yeah. Yeah, for, forcing motivation is essentially just an aggressive plot hook. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I think that's the key difference there. And short-term motivation is often forced. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so as a new GM, what type of motivation should I bring forward in my story, and what type should I avoid? Um, I think as a new GM, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would be very focused on goal-oriented, tangible motivations um Mm -hmm. go to place get mcguffin bring back get coin Mm -hmm. you know that's uh, things that can be done in an objective sense that have a yes or no completion to them Mm -hmm. um i think are things that a new gm should focus on yes you will Um, get much more satisfaction from your players and yourself well there's also far less unpredictability Mm -hmm. like go to place Okay, there's not really a lot of flexibility in that. Right. We have to go to the dungeon because the MacGuffin's in the dungeon. Correct. You know? Uh, and, and then when you, you either have the MacGuffin or you don't. Yep. And then you either bring it back or you don't. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. Now, your players will always, you know, uh, surprise you here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... But for a new GM, that keeps things very on rails for you, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to improv a lot, you don't have to think of a lot of contingencies, you don't have to think of a lot of different moving parts, multiple NPCs with multiple changing motivations and stuff like that. Relationships. Go uh, to place, family, get yeah. thing, bring thing back, get coin. Super simple. Yep. And you can tell some great stories with it. Yep. Um. Once you start getting a feel for storytelling... Once mm-hmm. you start getting a feel for the group you're storytelling to, mm-hmm. things like that, yeah, absolutely, you should branch out into things that are political, things that are social, mm-hmm. you know, where your motivation is a little more wishy-washy and your um, obje- your, your, your success uh, factors are more ephemeral, Yeah, is like, maybe the word? For instance, you might—the other thing that I always like to say is watch where the family circle, the trust circle expands to. Yeah. And trust is something relative. It doesn't mean that the person's good, bad, or indifferent. It's are they trusted. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can start set cha- making changes because you don't affect the players. You're never going to capture a player's character and keep it held hostage so the other players have to come after it. That's, that's not part of anything that's going to give you any permanent. Even though they're invested, you could do that at certain points in the story mm-hmm. when the story calls for it. But in truth, it is so much easier for you to just have someone who is trusted on this side say... This just happened. Yeah. And now you have an investment that is leading to something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be negative. It can be positive. And those are the things that shift scenes. For instance, if your players are very interested while you're doing these, you know, dungeon runs about the baker and his his soon-to-be wife and them getting married, like, shift one of your scenes to their wedding. Why not? Like, they meet someone there, or are introduced even there. Yeah, sure. You know, there's nothing that says that you can't do that so that the investment pays off. Right, right. In the end. And that's what we're talking about with with 
keeping it within to and to move the story forward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so next question: How do I, the GM, get involved in my own story without destroying my players' investment? You don't. You don't. Straight up, you don't. We're just going to say that right now. If you're asking, should I play a character in my own game, the answer is no. You are every NPC and the world and everything else. Your time is already spent. I'm sorry. Do not do this. Yep. There are systems for this. They are totally different co-op designs. Mm -hmm. In in what we're talking about, this is not something you should do. The, The DM NPC is never a good idea. Um, in in literally 20 plus years of my gaming, I have never once, not a single time, seen a successful DMPC. Yep. Not once. Yep. And I've played a lot of dumb games. And, uh, like, just to, just to kind of touch on this a little more, um, like, you'll hear a lot of, a lot of horror stories about, like, the self-insert, you know, mm-hmm. power fantasy sort of thing. The thing that you don't want to do is and this is the danger that, like the DMPC runs is um making your players spectators in their own game. Ooh, yeah. Okay, you want the story to remain very centered around uh the characters, the mm-hmm. characters in their stories, their motivations, their actions, their investments and everything like that. Um the moment you bring in the DMPC and you try to get involved in so that you run the risk of then making it about the character that you're bringing in, mm-hmm. and now suddenly they all have to sit there and watch you write fan fiction about your awesome o- o- OC. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. Yeah. You're just writing fan fiction out loud at that point. Yeah. I mean, if that's already okay, then go ahead and rock on, but you're not playing a game anymore. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, I'm in the middle of a game session, and the players or characters are not at all invested in the story. How can I involve them on the fly? Uh, again, this is this is a vibe check. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, looking at the choices they make, mm-hmm. uh, how they interact with your world, who they're interacting with in your world, uh, and kind of draw lines between yeah. those and, you know, include those individuals more deeply in your story. You know, if you find that, you know, one person is like, oh, I'm going to go seek out this NPC. Okay. Clearly that they, they need that NPC, they want that NPC in, in, in some way, you know, um, so, you know, is, is there, is there an investment there? Mm-hmm. Is there something you can exploit? Can you use that NPC more in your story? Mm-hmm. Can you give that PC just even a little more air time, NPC a little more airtime, you know, just give them, give them an extended scene where they role play with them a little bit, you know, yeah. build that character up a little and you'll find, you'll find just those little things if you're paying attention your character, your players will tell you what they care about. Mm-hmm. Exploit that. Yeah, and don't kill things to make a point. Like if they're interested in an NPC, oh god, don't don't do don't, don't have your big bad evil guy just murder them. Yeah, that totally changes the whole flavor, and your players will no longer trust you as a storyteller. They they won't. They will. They will stop allowing themselves to care about things. Yeah, because if it's just going to get destroyed by them the moment it shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And I think that uh, my brain started down a path from what you were talking about, and then I just div- it, it, it dissolved <laughs> in, into nothingness. Buddy, that happens to me all the time, man. Um, but oh, that's what I was gonna say. Sometimes your players are not going to be involved. Sometimes the day is long. Sometimes the pizza is heavy. Sometimes the their their lives just don't allow them the bandwidth 
to do anything other than roll dice and murder some goblins or or have a light laughing fest at something. Sure. A session can be low energy. Vibe check before you get started. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that you know. The Mad Elf is super good at doing that. I mean... He does that for a living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, he like vibe checks life. He, yeah, he vibe checks life. He's like, "How are you doing?" And I'm not just asking. Like, mm-hmm. how how are we today? And we know we can give him the full, honest answer. You sure. Know? And we have had full game sessions where it's like, "I am also low energy. Let's just play a little mouse guard to see where this goes." And yeah. We're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes we go up. Sometimes we stay at that level. Lo- lo- lo-fi mouse guard and, and chill. You know? Yeah. It's and like... it, it happens. Yeah. And that's okay. If as long as you set the level and vibe of where everyone's at, do it. Yeah. Whatever. Change up your story a little bit if you need to. Not every game session needs to be like super serial all the time. You know. Yeah. That's true. All right. Uh, Last one. After a game session, how can I prepare the investment for the next session? Vibe check at the door. Vibe check at the door. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we we talk about uh, roses and thorns, mm-hmm. uh, uh, wishes and rose, or wishes and stars. Yeah, stars. wishes and stars. Um, you know the, the 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 what what did you like? What did you not like? What could I do better as a storyteller? Sort yeah. of thing. What do you want to see? Yeah. And one question I've I've been adding in is what would you like to see happen next game session? Especially when they're right there, still in their mind about the story. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh man, you know, I saw that 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 one bandit got away from us. I want to find out what happens with him, and I want to track him down. Okay, all right. You have just told me that you care, that you are invested in the fate of that bandit. Yep. I I might ask a follow up question. Do you want to kill him? Are yeah. you just trying to have a conversation with him? Why? Why do you care so much about that one bandit? Oh, because you know, I just I, I need answers. I need answers. Just so much senseless violence. I want to know why he did this. Okay, you want to talk to him? Mm-hmm. Cool. Now I know. Yeah. You have told me you have investment in that character. You told me that it would be an enjoyable scene for you to be able to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Awesome. I know exactly what I need to write. What scene I need to write for next se- next session? I know what I need to think about. And and that brings up an interesting point of you vibe checked me mm-hmm. with those same thugs. Yep. That that uh, that the vampire was using. We never fought them. We didn't have to mm-hmm. because I had flat out stated with as my character like that I probably wasn't going to. They're just doing a job. Yep. They're they're not there as evil doers wanting to do evil. They're getting paid. To do a job. Well, no, quite specifically, they were there to try to woo you over onto the bad guy's side because they saw you had a common enemy. Yeah. It was two vampires having a tussle. You didn't like either vampire, but they saw that you hated vampire A and tried to recruit you for vampire B. Right. And said, hey, if you we also hate vampire A. Right. Why don't we join join forces and take them down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just doing a job there. Yeah. You You weren't directly at odds. Right. But it was it was that simple check that basically said that that's doesn't we're not saying like I'm gonna take you down like okay well then I'll set up a fight like that's a thing that you're gonna want yep. we didn't present that yeah. and so it never happened it was never forced you had a bit of an argument with him but that was about the worst in the alley yeah. I had to, and that's what I was saying is like when I set that up I left that moment knowing more than I needed to know mm-hmm. and saying like yeah this is just a setup yeah. Like they're just doing a job. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not gonna go hunt these guys down. I have no reason to. Yeah. And so the hunt never happened. Yep. Exactly. Whereas I think in other games it would have been expected that she would show up with her thugs. I mean, she was going to, but you guys, you guys, 
But it was all handled. Set some NPCs up that trounce them for you because of good roleplay. Another right. more consequences of your actions, you know. Correct. Correct. And yeah. that's that's what I felt I felt it was very redeeming from both a storytelling and an investment sake. That you listened well to the story and where the beats were more important. Yeah. And yeah, that right. again Well thank you. We're not saying that this is easy. None of this is easy. Sure. This sure. takes I mean, we still screw up all the time. All like, the time. I feel like I need to trash my D&D campaign currently because I've buried it into the ground so poorly <laughs> that some of my players may never come back and want a game with me no. again. But at the same time, I look at my next game and I say, these are the things I'm going to do better. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's the best thing I can say for the, this right here is that to prepare yourself for what's next is just prepare yourself and do it. Step into it as a storyteller and get better. Vibe check at the door and introspection about what you can do better as a storyteller and just implement it for your next game session. All right. So so, so next month's 101 is rolling with the punches. Yeah, it's uh, going to be uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, improv, effective note taking, et cetera, how you can do exactly what we were just talking about here. And, you know, vibe check at the door and make adjustments and uh, make the best of uh, rolling with the punches at the table. We also have uh, next week's show is our uh, monthly system system spotlight. Spotlight, Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, we're doing Dark Souls RPG. Oh, Lord, we're it's dead. IP I care very much about. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. Uh, recently ripped through Elden Ring and stuff like that. So um, we're going to see uh, how it got the uh, the RPG treatment and uh, what we like and maybe what we don't like. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, join us upon our Discord. Um, you can uh, toss us some questions like Nevin did tonight. Uh, we'll answer them on the air or just go, you know, talk to a bunch of other storytellers and bounce story ideas off of. You can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who help us out every single month, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Subjet, Sam, The Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu, as well as Sean. You help us out so much, and we appreciate that. There's extra content that gets pushed up there, uh, and uh, you'll get to see more and more of that as we start, we move through this year. Yeah, we're working on some improvements. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. Please go and check them out at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is only our footprints in the sand by midair machine you can find that at freemusicarchive.org big shout out as always to our families vicky and sean thank you so much for loving <laughs> and supporting you. us all of our friends have sat with us at our tables and give us these great stories to share with you and you every single one of our listeners we love you so much love you guys good night good night